Hi and hello, classmates. Welcome to another episode of Middle Class Film Class Movie Review Edition. I'm your host today, Tyler. I'm Peter. And I'm Joseph. And today we're reviewing 2001 The Whole. How would you like to go to the best private party of your life? Me? Nope. You? Mike? <laughs> Absolutely extracurricular. All right. I'm in. That's part of it. Five people there. Or like sextracurricular. Oh, baby. Zing. Right, so uh, 2001's The Hole is about four teenagers at a British private school secretly uncover and explore the depths of a sealed underground hole created decades ago as a possible bomb shelter. Hmm. Uh, this is directed by Nick Ham, who I haven't heard about, really. Um, stars uh, Thora Birch, Desmond Harrington, Daniel Brocklebank. Yeah, Daniel Brocklebang, <laughs> Lawrence Fox, and Kira Knightley. Uh, so I'm assuming this is a first watch for all of us here. Yeah, I never correct. I, I never really heard about. I mean, I, there's a bunch of movies called The Hole, but I didn't. Right, probably, this that, one was not on my. It's radar. like a movie that like I maybe I've heard of it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have not heard of this movie at all. Um, however, I had a great time watching it. This is very a movie of its time, mm-hmm. uh, especially with that uh, soundtrack we just heard uh, in the trailer. <laughs> it's, but it's I, I enjoyed myself thoroughly enough. Um, so uh, let's get into some. Initial- hey, wait, wait, wait! Why are we watching this movie? Oh, because this is a fan... Put some respect on his name. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. So uh, uh, this is a fan pick by uh, Joel. Shinneman? Joel Shinneman. Shinneman, yes. Mr. Shinneman uh, put this on the fan pick. And, uh, Cla- class Clown on the Patreon page. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He is a, a Patreon supporter. And if uh, anyone who wants to support us through Patreon, please visit us at uh, our Patreon page. So you could have your own movie reviewed on in a couple, uh, our episode. In a couple on weeks. An episode. Yeah, in a couple weeks, we're going to have our... Uh, our three movie at once uh, episode fan pick episode. Yes. Have yes. you guys watched your movie yet? No. Not yet. No. Whenever we, I mean, we, we, we just do it the last uh, same day recording. Yeah. We'll okay. just, we'll just bang, it, bang it out in one shot. Okay. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> right. Um, so the whole. Uh, Pete, what was your initial? Or, or actually, do we have a. <laughs> we, I think, I believe we have a voicemail. Tyler, come on. What, what, I, I'm sorry. I'm, You're I'm, manning I'm the voicemails. I well, I I I did I I am um, Pete. I sent you the voicemail yes, that uh, Joel sent us yes. uh, for this episode. Would you mind playing that voicemail? Yes, I don't mind. I will do it now. <laughs> What's up, middle class film class? It is Joel, your virtual pub crawl Sherpa. Yes, and I am calling Sherpa. in because your wheel of destiny has landed on my fanfic, The Hole. Uh, so The Hole is a uh, a movie. As Joseph might say, it is definitely a movie. Um, it is about a group of prep school kids that try to take a fun weekend in an abandoned bomb shelter. And out of four of them, only one comes out alive. And we're left figuring out, why has this happened? Who did this? What are they doing? 
<laughs> and the uh, reason I picked it was because uh, I, I like the way they play around with the uh, unreliable narrative mechanic for the storytelling. Mm-hmm. You kind of end up with some different uh, accounts from some of the characters talking about how uh, life really is and, and how that might lead to certain motives. And then you also kind of get a little bit of uh, narrative from investigation of the crime scene where some of these kids perished. And uh, as the movie goes on, they kind of start peeling that onion and figuring out what's fact and what's fiction and who's really to blame and what really happened. And uh, I like the way that they sort of start at the end and then come around through the middle, back to the beginning, and then end full circle with a, a full exposition. Just kind of fun in the storytelling way. I thought you guys might like might enjoy that. Uh, I hadn't seen it for a while, so I watched it again this morning before calling in. I have to say it's not quite as good as I remembered, but still uh, <laughs> still worth a watch. And since I put it on the wheel, you're forced to watch it, so hopefully you enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, looking forward to what you guys uh, what you guys think. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you, Joel. Yes. Great, great. Uh, I, I, I encourage every uh, classmate to uh, call into our voicemail. We'll uh, provide that number at the end of the show. Uh, so uh, let's uh, get into some initial thoughts. Uh, Pete, uh, this was your first viewing yes. of the whole. How did you feel about it after watching it? I'm a, I, I'm kind of a sucker for um, multiple multiple retellings within the same movie. Mm. Hero is one of them mm. with Jet Li tell the same story from three different four different perspectives mm-hmm. and i love that um most recently the last duel written and directed by ridley scott oh yeah did yeah, not yeah. some people loved it some people hated it i thought it was fucking fantastic yeah it's great <clears throat> one of my favorite movies last year so i like that aspect of it like you said <laughs> tyler this is very of the time movies 2000 very 2001 and it felt more like two, like 1997 right yeah. a lot of the late 90s yeah infused into it and I felt pretty dirty while watching it. And I, Ooh. Yeah, I felt like, I don't know if I should be watching this. Like some, some of it <laughs> some of it seemed like I'm about to watch like a snuff porn, like work its way through. Ooh. And um, so there was definitely like a, um, a titillating sort of like vibe throughout the whole thing. Like yeah. push, uh, kind of pushing the... Was ba- it the shower scene? No, that was fine. No, okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, it was more like uh, th- like <laughs> two young men down in a hole with this, uh, you know, sexually um, frustrated, no, liberated young girl mm. in Keira Knightley. And <laughs> in Keira Knightley, yeah. What, why is it, are you laughing at that? I don't know. I just she's funny. she's the sexually enlightened young girl, mm. and she they're down there with her, and it's like I it just kind of felt like animals like attacking, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. And I don't know that that was a whole bit of it that just felt a little off-putting quite a bit, and I, I have a reason why, which I'll talk about later. Okay. She's topless. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, <laughs> I didn't, think, didn't see that coming. <clears throat> um, and then I had to take a shower afterwards because I read the trivia. But anyways, you like watching this, you fucking pervert. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I liked the act. Thora Birch's acting really worked pretty well for me. I think that. Um, mm-hmm. The story was an interesting concept, and I don't think the story was told in a way that made it very clear because there was right. a lot of the times I'm like, why would anyone go in this hole? 
are they so starved for their independence that they would just go anywhere that a parent or teacher is not and just be there for three days? Yeah, I mean, it's not like Mr. Hamby who fell into the hole. Yeah, that was an they, accident. They willingly went into this hole. Yeah, they went They went in there with the promise of this party. And I would be very suspect if one of my friends was like, oh, it's going to be a great party. Who's going to be there? Three other people. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, great where, party. Where is it? In a Flea's hole. Flea's in it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Flea was there, I'd be in. So, um, but it was, uh, yeah, all in all, I'm, I'm glad I watched it. It's kind of a, it feels like a time capsule movie and it's, it's, yeah. it's very British, um, in, in the sense that it's, it's almost like a little behind like the time of what like American movies coming out at that time felt like. Sure. Sure. You know, um, so I like it. It was really cool to see early Kira Knightley and she's always been good. She's always been very, uh, a great, I like, like her as an actress. Yeah, definitely. And Thora Birch really has not been on my radar, but she was very convincing in this as a, as a sociopath. So yeah, yeah I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I think a through line here would be that is of movies of the time it was made and maybe a little past, like earlier than the time it was released because mm. it's released, released in 2001, but yeah. production was probably in the late nineties, uh, or mid two thousands. Right. Yeah. And we're still on the cusp, like, you know, Y2K and all that shit. And like, this was pre nine 11. We still have the trends <laughs> of like the late nineties are instilled in us and we haven't established our 2000s identity yet. Mm-hmm. So right, we still right. have all the the music and the type of filming and like the way that they light and maybe even the aspects of storytelling um, that are still prominent from the 90s. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, the uh, uh, inaugural British teenage thriller uh, unreliable narrator movie. <laughs> um, but uh, I... I like this movie quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and at first I was like, I was kind of um, sort of, I guess, put off just like a little with the, the music is kind of what put me off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like these, like this, these uh, digital snare drums. Uh, that's like, <laughs> it's like a, a discount, a hive music. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but, um, but the story and like how it goes, it's essentially two movies in one or two stories in one movie yeah told differently um and i really loved the unreliable narrator part of it um Mm -hmm. how sort of she paints herself in the story that she's telling the police and as like the typical and it was like also that is of the time like the typical nerdy girl wants to get with Mm -hmm. the hot son of a rock star American guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Steele. Um, <laughs> and um, so I was like, okay, so it's going to be one of those movies. And then the movie is like, they're trapped and either like, you know, my, the thought when they get locked in there, the thoughts in my head is like, there's something going to be bigger at play. It's not just going to be this Martin guy who's maybe jealous mm-hmm. or whatever. and just locks him in there out of spite. Right, um, right. I thought there was going to be a little bit more like, almost like leaning into the cube side of things oh yeah like it's gonna be like a game oh wait like a jigsaw type thing what movie what did you say the cube no i said cube i think you said the cube he said the cube you guys gave me the business for saying the cube well i said the cube side of things not the movie the cube side of things okay language is important it's like technicality sir but it checks out all right go ahead um and um so almost like a jigsaw 
saw movie, I guess, type of thing. Um, but sure. obviously it didn't go that way. Um, but I loved like sort of like thinking that and like where it did go, I really did enjoy. And thinking about like how what how they were when they got into the hole and then how they were on day 10 of the hole of the, oh, of the yeah. real version. Because like when you see them, they are like malnourished. The makeup is really good. Yeah. And yeah. they look, and the acting honestly is pretty good as well. Like it's for uh, these teenagers mm-hmm. um, who I don't even know who they are other than Kira Knightley or Thor Birch, who I barely know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I thought they're the way that, the it's shot the way that it's lit when it's like just they're like in dire straits they're rationing out water yeah like and they're going they're basically paranoid crazy and being uh and one of them being a sociopath i uh i loved the way it went i I loved like how fucked up it got Mm. and like the ultimate like like the telling of the actual story um the end of the movie aggravated me Mm -hmm. um but in part, the part with the the part where she leaves, or no, the, the part ver- with the, the, the very end of the detective, movie. like the very last shot of the movie, okay. um, and like what we're left thinking, like, oh, she got away with it, yeah. But yeah. realistically, yeah. there's no way that she would actually get away with it because so? because how? I mean, I know they they I mean they have to like prove that, mm-hmm. but there's no way that they wouldn't like further investigate, <clears throat> and like why wouldn't anybody believe that police? psychologist whatever she was yeah therapist you know what I mean? or something oh because she told her the real events and then yeah like why why would she i guess you have a, a police officer's word of a, an account that was given by the girl yes. but it wasn't given on record so yeah. it's never going to hold up in court that sort of thing i guess so but it's like i don't know i feel like eventually justice will i mean this is just, doesn't even matter because it's post movie sure. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i feel you i get you the end being like sort of aggravating as it was of the time you know like justice wasn't served right mm-hmm. and justice is not given to uh to those three other kids yeah um all because of this sociopathic chick woman child actually <laughs> chick woman child um <laughs> But you think, but you think how fucked up it is. Just it all started just because she was obsessed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and I love her monologue when she's like giving the, telling the cop at the end. She's like, "Have you ever loved someone so much that you don't care what happens to you?" Like yeah. that's like that's fucked up. Yeah. That that sent chills up my spine. That's um, insanity. That's what's what's the one with um, Jennifer Jason Lee where she's a oh, uh, single white female. It's like very much single white female, mm, mm-hmm. or she's like, I'm, I'm so obsessed with her. Monster? No, no, no. It's I'm called sorry. single white female. Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I thought you were just describing but, the type of movie single white I was female. All alone, just monster. It's monster. But overall, like, I was surprised that I liked the movie this much, um, and um, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I did feel like I knew it was her though at the end of that first session, really, mm. because the way that she acts. And like she waves out the window goodbye to the police psychologist. It was like a little too confident. Yeah, that was a telltale sign, I think, too. It was, yeah, I could see that. In the moment, I, I believed the trauma, like mm-hmm. suppression trauma sort of uh, angle that they were playing with it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's, uh, I guess that is a way that it could happen. And if you're suppressing something, mm-hmm. retelling yourself a lesser version of what really happened is a good way to cope with that. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I liked it. 
Yeah, um, same here. I really enjoyed myself. Uh, I was I came in with no expectations. Uh, I did not like watch a trailer or read anything about it before I watched this movie. Actually, I just got up and went into my Fortress of Solitude and just uh, put it on my computer. I imagine like that, I do every time we review yeah. a movie. I imagine that your Fortress of Solitude is a uh, leaking. Like right now. I don't know. I, Surprisingly not. I Surprisingly know. not. I'm just imagining you're in a computer chair and just like leaks are happening. You have <laughs> water dripping. Buckets yeah. collecting water. It's like, it's like the bat cave almost. The spider, <laughs> the, the black widow that you've uh, saved. Her uh, baby, her babies are now back to haunt you. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, Martha has uh, passed on to uh, the other side. To spider heaven. Unfortunately. Um, but anyways, yeah, I, I really did like this movie a lot. And I do really appreciate the unreliable narrative that they portray. And it's not like ham-fisted either. Um, it's not immediate. Uh, you're not immediately aware of an unreliable narrator because you're you're supposed to believe that Martin, the uh, supposed incel best friend of this girl, mm. is going is the one who's like, oh, I'm gonna lock them up and I'm gonna let them rot. I'll show them. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case at all, and he actually becomes a victim in a tragedy in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do himself get... any favors when he's talking to the police. I know the way he's acting, he's acting like a real smug cunt. Well, yeah, I mean like <laughs> it doesn't take away from the fact that he's still like a sociopathic human being because, uh, they say in the, uh, in the beginning of the movie, like in the mon- not monologue, but, um, they say in the beginning of the movie that he takes advantage of all the preppy, uh, people Didn't to, he? uh, and he, Profits from them, he, essentially. Didn't he look like that streamer, the Nick A30? Oh, I don't know a little that, bit. <laughs> he looked like a cross I, between Nick A30 and iDubs. I could not stop thinking I don't know about who that is, those but. streamers when I saw him. Um, yeah, and he's supposed to be like a, a computer whiz because he has like yeah. two. He has like those two screens. That dual monitor. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah does it that, look like that, him? the glasses? Yeah, that, that that definitely looks like him. Um, so uh, I came out of this movie uh, just really happy that I saw it, and I can't believe I didn't see it earlier. Like yeah. I, I, I've never heard of this movie before, but I would imagine my younger self watching this and enjoying it, but mm. watching it now with more of an objective, critical eye. This is this is a. It's a it's a fun movie to watch. It's kind of like uh, uh, I, I've never seen I've I've never seen Knives Out, but I would assume that it's kind of like in that vein of like a whodunit sort of movie, okay, with an unreliable narrator. Uh, I don't, yeah, no, not so much. I mean, I mean Mr. Totally who, different vibe. Yeah, whodunit whodunit movies. They don't necessarily have unreliable narratives. You're just withheld information throughout it as the, as the oh, viewer. Okay. Well, uh, fine. <clears throat> Whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. So uh, let's get into the meat of this. Yes. Um, I think that uh, the one thing that retroactively changed things for me is finding out that uh, Keira Knightley was 15 while recording this. Oh, my goodness. Really? Yes. Yes. Interesting. Including the topless scene. 
Wow. So you are all going oh, to jail. Oh, God. You're it. going to jail. You're going to jail. Joel's definitely going to jail. Uh, <laughs> oh, she, she was 15 years old when she flashed her bosom? Yes. Was, was this a, like, it's a it's British, British movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it wasn't, like, made... <clears throat> No, for the, American audience. The, the budget the budget for the movie is four point one uh, pounds. Basically, yeah. it's in it's in GP, GBP, whatever that means. Great British. Oh my God, pounds. Oh. Great Britain pounds, maybe. <laughs> I can't and, believe that. And the the take home was seven point eight million US. So in in America, it beat its budget. Probably made more, and it's like 2001. I'm sure there probably wasn't like super great. Oh, man, that 15 year old's pretty hot. <laughs> oh my, that was taken out of context. She was hot, dude. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? Oh jeez. What is this? Some sort of predator planet? <laughs> so my my gut was right. When I'm watching the movie, I was like, "This it just feels like two like feels wild weird. animals preying on this like creature." And yeah. I feel ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! I did feel a little. I did feel a little dirty. After it was weird words. because like I've never seen even a, knowing the, knowing <laughs> the context of her being 15. Now I feel like I've never a seen a young 15 year old like Kira Knightley. Uh-huh. And she looks like I've never seen a young. She's like, ageless. I've never seen a movie with Kira Knightley. Older than probably 25. Well, when was Pirates released? Like 2006, I think. But it was in probably in production like 2005. Like I have never seen a 2001 Keira Knightley. Yeah. yeah. And she was 15. First one was 03. So this was only two years later she was in Pirates. So she was only 17. She was like 17, 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe 18 because they were filming it when she was 15 and released it when she was 16. Okay. But, um, the the next year after this, I want to say it was the next year or maybe two years later, she was in Bend It Like Beckham. And she was like a child in that. Like clearly was yeah, playing high school, yeah, a young, yeah. non-sexually active high school student. There is a scene where they go clubbing and she puts on kind of fancy clothes and mm-hmm. all the guys are going gaga over her. And I just kept thinking she she's one of the thinnest people I've ever seen in my life. So She's so like wafy and like gaunt. And um, yeah. The scenes were very like the sexual scenes were so sexually charged, yeah, without really showing any nudity or really showing any anything. But there's like a lot of like crotch rubbing and yeah, pulling the jeans off. You can kind of see the butt, suggestive, yeah. And you're like, this is like a soft core porn almost. This yeah, yeah, borderline rape. Yeah, in the (laughs) book uh, on that topic. In the book, oh yeah, this this movie is based off of a book. Yeah, yeah, it's called After the Hole. After the 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 name of the book. After the Hole. Yeah, because it's because <laughs> it's, it's the story she's telling after she gets out of the hole. Um, but um, out of the hole, <laughs> out of the hole. How dare you! <laughs> so, but in the book, yeah, um, we're all after the hole. Like every human is after the hole. I think one of the char- one of the characters does some does a raping, does a little bit of raping in uh, the book. In the book, yeah. Oh, okay, it is. Um, is it Mike Steele? He really wanted. I don't. It. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but when I'm watching those scenes, I was like, they're doing a really convincing, like really good job of making this scene very sexually charged. Yeah. And very yeah. Titillating and uncomfortable. But yeah, without actually showing any, like anything actually happening, like fully clothed, right. everybody's yeah. there, you know, it's, which is weird because you saw like 20 wangs, like 10 minutes prior to the movie. <laughs> a lot of dongs. That, yeah. dude, that yeah. dude's packing some meat. I mean, it may, he's, yeah, he's he, got a Arby's beef and cheddar between his legs. Yeah. yeah. Could have been a statement, honestly. 
Yeah. What's um, that? In what way? Like male nudity versus <clears throat> like showing more like full, a bunch of male nudity. Yeah. Pro, uh, Teenage as, genitalia. As opposed to <laughs> female nudity. All those you just flash anyway. But yeah. So I literally just exposed a bunch of dongs to this uh, 15 year old. Yes. Yeah. You know what? Uh, <laughs> how, old were they? How, how old were they? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, uh, Nick Ham, how dare you? It, it, it doesn't <laughs> say. But to expand on your point, Pete, um, I think, yeah, uh, the scenes where it was sexually charged, mm-hmm. um, it definitely felt like genuine, like teenage, like hormonal. Yeah, they're just like, like grinding on each other. Yeah. And not even so much like the physical uh, <laughs> aspect as well. Like her, uh, uh, what's her name? What? Ah, Liz, Liz, yes, Frank, Liz and Frankie. Liz is Thora Birch. Frankie is Kira. Yes, Knightley. Liz, 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 Liz. So Liz, like, definitely portrays like this sort of, uh, at least in the beginning of the movie, um, as someone who is kind of an outcast in her friend group. She's a and, dork, right? Nerd. But it's not. It's not super. Uh, it's not a, like a big point of her being an outcast. Like it's just you assume it. Because, you know, she has the dark hair and uh, she's not Kira Knightley. She's hanging out with nerdy ass Martin. And yeah, hanging out with Martin. But they don't like pound you in the face with like, oh, she's the outcast. Like, sure. They just subtly present you this um, this outcast. And I really appreciated that. Uh, I think the problem I have with this movie is the going into the hole like the the like them going to the hole with the promise of a good party but i put myself in their shoes and think would i go into this abandoned bomb shelter one yes i would go into an abandoned bomb shelter because i love exploring abandoned things would i go there to party no and would i go there for 3 days no where you like like how is that a fun time so the what? premise the premise of the movie is is that there's there there's a field trip that they have to go to um in Wales and it's for 3 days and they're promised like crummy fruit uh, crummy food and uh just like they're promised all- crummy food <laughs> yeah we promise the food will be crummy well i i mean they don't say that outright but like they kind of like explained like it's not going to be a it's not going to be a great time and so they pay uh martin um a king's ransom to uh have him hack into the school system to take their i guess permission slips off of the system i i'm not sure how that worked yeah it, it gets a little it gets a little fuzzy as far as like how it all goes down but like we don't need that necessarily they take their name off the roster to go on the field trip so yeah. that the school knows that they're not going but they also don't tell the parents and don't let the school tell the parents that they're not going home exactly either. yeah yeah so I, I just don't think that they realized when they go into the hole that it's going to be a hole that's just he kind of surprises it on them and is like here it is, and trust You're me, it's standing be, on it's, it. <laughs> yeah, trust me, it's going to be great. Once you get down there, it's going to be great. I'd pull out my flashlight and flash it down there and be like, "No, it's not going to be great. It looks like rats live down there." Yeah, exactly. But you're also not a British high school teenager. That is true. I did some very stupid in things. early two thousands. Yes, I did some very stupid things in uh, my teenage years, and I was about the same age when two in two thousand one. 
So I would have. But been, you would never <clears throat> go into a hole like that. I wouldn't go into it with like the idea that someone's going to shut the door behind me. Right. But I would probably go into it to be like, yeah, this is crazy. Let's go down here and, you know, smoke some weed or something. You know, they just took us <laughs> to the next level and yeah. like camped there for three days. Yeah. Yeah. Because like my thinking was um, like if you had the freedom as a teenager for three days without your with your parents thinking you're somewhere else and the school doesn't think that you're going to this field trip that you were required to go to. Why would you go down into this bomb shelter for multiple days? I would just start walking the streets, you know, maybe find a hostel, someone, a pub or someone's something. Someone's going to find you. That's the problem. Uh, I mean, like, I'd rather take that risk than getting trapped in a goddamn hole. But they <laughs> obviously are high schoolers and teenagers, so they're not all that bright. And they're not going to be able have, to get into those places. They don't have a lot of foresight. to And a lot of money. And they, don't, they can't imagine that this would even happen. <clears throat> right, yeah. Which I guess makes it all the more frightening mm -hmm. um, because, you know, once they it, once you get further into the movie and they're like trying to get out, they're like, uh, who was it? Um, uh, Mike, Mike Steele, uh -huh. I think his name was. Uh, he's like trying to like open the hatch and he's just like, it's stuck. Like, I think it's because it was so heavy. It just got stuck. And then uh, his they, friend, they start turning on each other. And yeah, like you closed it too hard. Who yeah. who, who 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 came in last? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's pin it on one on on this one person. Which is it's just funny because in the book, people have compared the book to um, a Lord of the Flies, but instead of an island, it's a hole in the ground. Right. Yeah. And it's like I can see it a little bit, but there's there's, I mean, there's a lot more. <clears throat> people involved in Lord of the Flies. Yeah, Plus. there's not really a hierarchy when you have four people. It's right. just kind of like yeah. people scrapping together to survive. And yeah. once you get it further into the movie, like it's it's more so that you're viewing the story from uh this girl who is telling it incorrectly mm. or uh well, yeah, I guess incorrectly or inaccurately. Inaccurately. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So I think in the so in the beginning of the movie, you're to believe that she is like this like nerdy girl who uh, is like wholesome and is not a you know <laughs> she's straight up nerd, dude. Correct, correct. And uh, and then I think uh, about an hour and five minutes in, that's <laughs> when the narrative shifts into her like actually being like this ne'er-do-well and you know she's drinking I she's it was, smoking i thought it was interesting though to see a idealized version of what would happen in the hole and they're all looking fancy her hair looks legit they're all excited because she's got yeah. more food than they do and yeah like she like you know she comes in her version of the story to go back from the himalayas yeah she's got like you know a whole pack on she's ready yeah. to camp she's re they're, because they're camping they just happen to be in a hole. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. So they're yeah. just camping. Yeah. Um, and she's just has extra prepared according to her. Um, but then, you know, obviously she, it, I like the twist or reveal that she is actually best friends with Frankie and they are both just like conniving. Mm -hmm. Mainly it's just her, Liz. Sure. Frankie yeah, just, she's is, controlling everything. Frankie's just kind of like the henchman. <laughs> yeah, she's a horny henchman. Like she just like she just asked the guy to go and ask him to ask Mike to go. Yeah, she's just doing her bidding. Yeah, yeah she's. It, what it, a terrible fate for her, puking her guts out in in, in a hole. I know it, it. It was a it was a great. They they 
implement her like exit from the film, yeah. her, her death, yeah. like really well. Like they, it was impactful. They bring it up early in the movie. She's like, "Oh, that's okay. I have these fiber pills. I'm on a diet." Yeah, right. Right. And she's like, yeah. she's already really skinny, obviously. <clears throat> yeah. But then they like, oh, she had bulimia. They like really like they a, l- a they, little bit of everything. They plant that seed super early, and then yeah. you think back to it when like they reveal like, oh, she died bulimia because she had no enamel on her teeth and um, she had a, a tear in her throat. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, um, her esophagus. Yeah. It was a really brutal way to go. I don't know how she got just sick in the first place. I think it was just because of malnourishment. Um, possibly. And possibly food poisoning. Or the disgusting and yeah, piss water they, they were drinking. Yeah, they were. They, I mean, they are drinking piss water, and they are eating food that probably should be refrigerated and it's been open for ten days. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's got a pack of sausages, and they're just like chilling. They have their little food pile, and they're just chilling. And there's fucking flies and maggots and stuff all <laughs> That's over. That's right. That's right. It gets, yeah, it gets yeah. into the vis- it, they get visceral, rancid. disgusting parts of living in a hole for 10 days oh my goodness yeah Yeah. i I mean like i think that uh kira knightley's death frankie uh her character i thought that that impacted me the most just because it was unexpected because when she dies you're thinking like i was thinking to myself because of this unreliable narrator I was thinking, oh, Frankie doesn't die. Like, she just, you know, she was faking, like, the throwing up and stuff. And then they just show her, like, bloated corpse. And they, uh, the two, covering her in plastic furniture. Yeah, I, I kind of laughed. Yeah, that was, I felt, I, I felt, laughed. I felt, I felt ca- yeah, I laughed. <laughs> I felt kind of bad that I laughed, but I did they laugh. But you, you see her inflating plastic. It. I know. Yeah. Well, Brianna, Brianna loves the idea of inflatable furniture she's like we should get a bunch of inflatable furniture so when people come over we can just blow up new furniture i'm like i'm i don't want to blow up <laughs> three couches when someone comes over and then deflate it when they leave i don't i'm, I'm asthmatic already i can't, I can't handle say, that say, just get a pump. your lungs can't handle so, that so we do have one inflatable chair that's in the retro room uh-huh. and um it's exact it's the same color and everything it's the exact same chair as in the movie so when <laughs> oh it came God. up i'm like oh look look She's got your couch. <laughs> and then they cover her corpse with it at the end. Was, oh my God. It's so funny. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you guys this. Uh, the murder of uh, Mike's best friend. Oh, oh yeah. The head smash. Oh, uh, that was head, great. So like, I, I think I was lost on why he, I was lost on why he got <clears throat> murdered. Can you guys maybe like fill me in a little bit? Because like, sure. I, I sure, I saw him like, open up like a can of, can of soda, yeah. coke yeah and then like he goes crazy he was the- mad because he was hiding the coke from them and not sharing it oh so that was it okay and he was like i was gonna share i was gonna share even though he wasn't and they oh, just he just okay. went into yeah, because a hunger rage that's not brought in at all like there's no mention of it like he doesn't mention that he has a can of coke or whatever yeah. in yeah. his bag mm-hmm. the whole time and Obviously, they're already malnourished and paranoid starving and crazy and starving. And so they're like, they're obviously very irritable. Okay. <laughs> and they're both in poor health as it is. So I was he, just wondering if I missed something because like it happened so quick. Like he cracks open the can and then all of a sudden he man, goes ham on him. That was like fucked up, but it was like, it was a great scene. Well, the yeah. line, the line proceeding after that, uh, or not proceeding after that, but like a little bit later, he's just like, "I killed my best friend. Mm-hmm. You saw me kill my best friend." It looked that was so gut wrenching. Yeah, you know? like I could, 
like I could feel that. Like obviously, I would never cause any head injury to any of it's, you guys. It's crazy, had, um, but like I don't know. Like it, I, just the tragedy of it all. What I love about it is like you see all these that like that performance that he's giving there versus like his like character in like the first half of the movie. Yeah, right. right. Where it's like he had. If I feel like that character and that actor has no has no uh uh like through line or connection or something has no i guess what's the word i'm looking for it has like it doesn't have a reason to give that good of a performance oh yeah at the at the end of the movie right you know what i mean yeah like it just like it came out it felt like it came out of nowhere that he is just like giving this this performance fantastic performance yeah yeah Yeah, it was like it it was depressing it was surprising because yeah he's played as this uh kind of a dumb jock sort of guy that has eh, not much of a personality just goes by gets by on his good looks he saw a picture of johnny marr from the smiths and then he was like i'm gonna go for that look and i'm still gonna be a jock but he maybe his dad is johnny marr but his his character definitely earned the outburst with what had happened so it it made sense in that moment but yeah i was i was like wow this guy's giving it yeah. And uh, side, yeah. side note, the actor Lawrence Fox, who played the friend Jeff, whose head was bludgeoned, yeah, um, he uh, was, this was his first role. Oh, really? Yeah, and he showed Wang on his first role. Dang. <laughs> That's what got him the role. <laughs> Which, by the way... He showed him the Wang. By the way, the full frontal uh, nudity from the men in this uh, film, I thought that was very... I, I don't want to say shocking, um, but it was... No description it was it was (laughs) it was surprising because you don't really see about to have the hardest boner right now (laughs) yeah well old drop old school yeah i i you know anyways let's not get into uh were you offended no i wasn't offended at all like i i was did you appreciate it i was surprised because you don't really see that as much in films like yeah you can you'll see you know uh, female nudity but male nudity is very rare and for it to be so just casual. like ca- yeah casual nonchalant uh especially in a in a high school setting too that it was could also be a british thing because there are very different sense yeah, it's a Euro- european thing yeah it's very different sensibilities about european. nudity why is that funny i don't know Go on. Like Europe, like the joke European in my bathroom. Is that is that what's funny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that really what it is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it actually? Can we can we please like stop? Uh, just keep. Well, you're going. the one who's laughing. What? When we say just these keep, words, just keep, just keep and going, and just we're just going. wondering just why you're going. laughing. Keep, just keep going. Okay. You don't need to wonder in the, in why. The, in it's the words of the of the great funny. Tyler Noe, well, I don't know why that garnishes a laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, in in uh, other countries, the sensibilities of nudity in culture are very different. Like they have, yeah, they have nudity in like magazines. You can just buy off the street in England. And, yeah. and it's just like, that's part, I think they're like page six Even, girls or page three girls or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Even on, uh, like talk shows, like the talk shows here versus the talk shows over there. Oh, yeah. Like Graham Norton has a talk show over there, like a big talk show over there. Yeah. And like, I was watching a, a clip recently and like one of the guests just like flat out said cock. Like it just like like holding like and, he's, and, the, and the context was like it was like I had a, my 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 cock in my hand or something like that uh-huh. and I was like I was what? like I don't, I don't know if it's uncensored because it's on the internet or if it's just uncensored in general right yeah, over they, there they have a different set of things that you can and can't say 
But what I did appreciate about that uh, male nudity scene is that when Kira Knightley goes into the shower, it's not treated as, oh, my God, you're naked or whatever. It's just kind of like a matter of fact. Like, it's like just a beefcake. <laughs> it really is. He like, just, just walks in. They don't even comment on it, though. And I, that's what I really appreciated about that scene is that it's just it is what it is. That dude, that dude's a shower. got to say. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's a shower in the shower. <laughs> I like I like how he commands his uh, henchmen to uh, get out of here, get out of uh, here. No, that was her that said that. She says, "Run along, boys." Oh, that was her. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think he might have said something too. But yeah, it is funny. He sa- he does say something, and like they all like scurry yeah. out naked. <laughs> yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, I like. I would always say it's like, it's nice to see some male dick in some movies, but it's like, you didn't, cause I mean, like Tyler said, you don't see it that often and this is rare. This is British cinema, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's different. Um, and they're, uh, uh, maybe they just have more maturity over there. Never seen so many foreskins in one place in my life. Yeah. (laughs) In my life. They just got mature, uh, more mature over there on, uh, in uh, Europe. Yeah. Um, they can handle the, um, Cussing and uh, and just nudity in general, which is great. But then they have Kira Knightley flashing her tits at fifteen. But then they also, I mean, I don't know what if there's a global age of like consent. I mean, sure, fifteen's fifteen's young. Yeah, it 15's is young. really young. But like, but like obviously, like <laughs> true. it's like, really young. It is very very young. Maybe like drinking ages. Her parents were there. Like, go ahead, honey. Like. <laughs> It's okay. They were on set. Yeah. I mean, like drinking ages are different. Obviously, they're like, they can drink at like 18, I think, right? No, it's 14. 14? Yeah, you can go to a pub at 14 years old, I think like with a parent or something. I don't know. Um, The only only history that I have with children drinking in England, and it is 18, uh, is from Hot Fuzz. Because oh, yeah. Sergeant Angel, (laughs) it might be a couple days before the legal limit, (laughs) but if they're in here, they can't get in trouble out there. That's what you always say. It's for the greater good. Um, Um, Oh, the age of consent in the United Kingdom is 16 years old. So still. Still disgusting. Still. Uh, uh, That means Nick Ham creep. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I really did feel bad for Martin, though, because although he was the one, I, I, I mean... Although he was a part of them going into the hole, I think that he was doing it innocently. Uh, I don't think he had he any... She planned the whole thing. Exactly. I mean, like, but he also facilitated it as well. <laughs> well, she um, asked him to do it. Yeah, and yeah. he did it because he is in love with her. Yeah, but she calls him oh, which, more of like a gay best or, friend. Yeah, oh God, yeah, that, <laughs> I cringed so. I, I was about to bring up that uh, exchange. I cringed so hard when he was just like, "Well, I love you," and he's just. Oh, like, he was being kind of an, a dick to her, uh, like in that aspect. No, because he says like, "Cause you love me." Like he was. Oh saying, yeah, that's right. That's I was right. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, that's being a little yeah pushy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the topic of, um, I mean, he wasn't. He Martin. wasn't a. He wasn't a perfect person, but he didn't deserve to. No, he did be. Drowned. In, yeah. In the book. Drowned. Excuse me. In the book, uh, Martin does not exist. Oh, oh really? Martin is an, is a cover-up that uh, Liz makes up, and oh. she says that he died on a certain day, and he came in with us, and he doesn't actually exist. Oh, okay. And, and, okay. and the detective, Dr. Horwood, uh, discovers that uh, he never existed, and that Liz made up Martin so she could pin the blame on someone else, and this implies that Lisa 
also never existed, and that Liz and Lisa are the same person. Who's mm. Lisa? Um, I don't know who Lisa is. Is that Frankie in this May- universe? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I don't I, think there's a I, Lisa I would. Cast. I would. Yeah, I didn't see Lisa uh, mentioned <laughs> the, in the um, film. What's... Um, but the, it, the, for me, sorry, the... It's okay. The most impactful scene, I think, for me, was when it's just uh, Liz and Mike. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the only ones left. Right. And they're talking... This is before she goes up, obviously, and opens the door. Yeah. Um, they're talking. She pulls out like a knife and is like, we should just end it here. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And you see them. They look like shit. Like, yeah. They're, they're pale. They're malnourished. They're just. Their lips are blue. Starving. They're about to die of you know thirst or starvation. Yeah. Um, and she's like, we, we should just end it now. And then he's like, no, 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 we, we have enough food for like a few more days. Like, we're like, what if someone comes? And then she starts laughing at his response. Like, they would have found us by now. Yeah. But it's like, she's just so well written to be so manipulative that all of that is just a ruse yeah. to get him to say that he needs her. Yeah. Yeah. To say that, like, I love you, Liz. Oh, and she's like, God. she's like, because she's even like toying with the knife on her wrist. Like yeah. I'm gonna do it, and at the at the time, like I'm pretty sure at that moment because uh, the timelines kind of get a little gray for me thinking about it. Yeah, but we know that she's at that point. The yeah, because she has revealed comes, she has the key. Oh, the key. Again, yeah, she's already shown the key, and she was about to show it to him before Mike killed <clears throat> the other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it was thinking about that too. The fact that she would drive him to kill, mur- basically murder, suicide each other. Yes, would be. It just even that much more psychopathic. I know. Yeah. Because like, because you know, she says before the whole thing happens, mm-hmm. she's like, they find out that Mike is single. It's all his fault. He became single. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, they have they are gossiping. They're, they're gossiping. It's <laughs> they're all, all his fault. They're all gossiping and stuff. And she's like, uh, she's like, I want him, but Frankie, I really want him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and she really wanted him. You know what? To the point of death. Almost. Oh, my goodness. Everybody's yeah. de- His death. <laughs> you ever yeah. love somebody so much, you don't even care what happens to you anymore? I know. Yeah. Or anybody else. <laughs> yeah, I think um, this movie is uh, satisfyingly frustrating because the person who perpetrated all of these horrible acts mm-hmm. uh, pretty much gets away with it. <laughs> Like she pretty much gets away with it. Like, although she can't be like prosecuted legally through uh, the justice system, everyone knows that she did it. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, uh, who's it? Uh, Casey Anthony. No, not Casey Anthony. Who is it? Casey Anthony. The, the, uh, mom, the baby killer. Yeah. The mom who killed her uh, three-year-old child. But like it was never proven, but she's like Scott Peterson also. Yeah, well, no, Scott Peterson is behind bars. Oh, yeah, I um, But, uh, yeah, so it's kind of like... I try not to think about serial killers that often. Yeah, I don't either. Or but... people that drown their babies in the bathtub. <laughs> Usually it's a, a spot in my brain that... Or OJ, They honestly. could occupy that space, but I choose not to. Like, So, yeah, so it's like everyone knows they did it, but, you know... Yeah, OJ's it, a good point. In that. Perfect. He was, he was found fit. He was found guilty in... Uh, in uh, what, civil... C- yeah, civil, civil court. court. Yeah. So he had to pay the money, which he still hasn't paid them. Um, but that's uh, <laughs> why he tried to rob a, a but criminal Las court. Vegas he he thing. was found scot free. Yeah, 
yeah. And then he wrote a book called I Didn't Do It, But If I Did, Here's How I Would, or something like that. Yeah, it said, no, so um, the stipulation was in the, uh, when he released the book, it had to say, I did it, and then in like small parentheses, I didn't do it or something like that based on the family's, uh, the victim's family. Um, so yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, yeah, it was satisfyingly frustrating to see this horrible, horrible person get away with this atrocity. Um, and I think it was really well done. It wasn't like ham fisted. Um, and it didn't play out like, because I feel like a lot of like British uh, uh, media, like they try to do this sort of uh, drama um, that isn't not, it, that isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this film, like it was very quaint. Um, it was right to the point. Uh, it had a decent twist and uh, it was very well acted. Yeah. Do you want to hear some uh, bad reviews on t- Rotten Tomatoes? On the oh, score? yeah. Yeah. So so the actual Rotten Tomatoes score, it's a, a rare match. The audience score and the tomato meter score are the exact same. Wow. 53%. Oh. Damn, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's rotten on both counts. Okay. Um, let's see here. <clears throat> and most of these are of the time. Most of these are from like 0304 area. Mm. Uh Let's see here. You get the feeling the actors are hoping their characters will die soon so they can get off the set fast. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> an ad- so a little uncalled for. An adolescent adventure that goes disastrously wrong for the protagonists and quite frequently the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I love these like like a quirky, kitschy reviews yeah. that are kind of like throwing shade as <laughs> they go. Has a good ambiguous premise but comes apart when it must reach a conclusion if its protagonist, Liz Dunn, played by Thora Birch, is a psychopath or a victim. Okay. Sounds like you just didn't get it. Yeah. (laughs) When we finally come to hear and understand what probably did happen down in the hole, it's more elaborately ridiculous than the first story we'd heard. I don't agree with that at all. John J. Puccio of Movie Metropolis. To... Um, and then uh, some some good stuff. The last forty five minutes of the whole are so entertaining and so creepy. It's easy to forget how lame the first hour was. <laughs> uh, Damn! I didn't. I I thought the last act was much much better than the first two. So I can understand where they're coming from with that. Yeah. Sure. But um, I also put out um, a post on my Twitter to ask if anybody had seen it or heard of it or anything like that, and I really got like almost no responses. Oh wow. Um. So Sounds like nobody heard of it. Yeah, yeah it's I, kind of like a sleeper film. Honestly, it, I, I agree. I agree. Thank you, Joel Hole, for giving us this movie. <laughs> but Joel Hole on on Rotten Tomatoes, it only has seventeen critic reviews. So it oh, is wow. it is a sleeper movie for sure. And yeah. uh, the responses I got on my Twitter post um, from uh, at Creepy Cash, the book is a whole lot better, but that's usually the case. Mm. Uh, Cat Bus Russ says, um, Cat Bus Russ, it lacks any real suspense. Birch is great, but no other actor, no other, no other character besides Embeth Davids does anything interesting in the film. Mm. And at Kane24 says, it's grungy and psychological, but sort of sweet in that dirty way only an outlier film can be. I'd recommend it. Okay. So, I think this is... I a, agree with the grungy part. Like yeah. It was, it, it was pretty grungy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's all I got to say. Okay. All right. Uh... Ready to wrap this up and get some grades on this? Sure. All righty. Want me to go? 
Uh, yeah, Peter, what do you have for uh, the whole? Oh, I always forget we got to rate these things. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to say, I'm probably also going to give this a uh, C plus. Oh, wow. Yeah, C plus. Okay. Like it, it was, there was some, a lot of good stuff that wrapped up at the end. Mm-hmm. I think that with uh, some of the messy storytelling and, um, weird choices with the camera movements and stuff was um a little and the dialogue didn't always work for me but as a whole i liked it i think it's like it's like a, it's <laughs> as a, a whole oh wonderful um it's it's a rec- recommend for me not a strong recommend i feel like people that are just casual movie watchers are probably not going to dig this mm. but seeing early kira knightley was cool finding out she was 15 later not cool yeah um, <laughs> that was a little weird that was a little weird um but I I got uh, I got some respect for Laura Birch after watching this. Um, mm. Apparently, she had lived in a um, boarding house for a day and a half and had an acting coach for many. Because she's American. It, what? She's American. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Who? Laura Birch. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's American. I mean, yeah, Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. She's a little kid in Hocus Pocus. As we've and six- Mike Steele is British. And yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but it, yeah, so I I'd say enjoyable for a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, not a cohesively great movie in a lot of senses, sure. um, but some of the characters are pretty memorable. I really like Martin as a character. He'll stick with me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I will remember that guy's wang for uh, a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so C plus for me. Burned in your brain. Uh, Joseph, uh, what would you grade the whole? Um, I'm going to go s- with a solid B for Birch, throw a birch. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, yeah. I, I, it kept me on, uh, kept me on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Um, the second half is like the the real story or whatever. Like, sure. um, was uh, very you know kind of gritty and um, the most like engaging part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that it wasn't the first story was not the true story. And like when I started having like my suspicions, I was like, got really invested. Um, I was like, Oh, where's this going to go now? You know? And the whole time I was just wondering, like, it's just her. Yeah. I kept thinking back to her, like running back and calling the police, like in the very opening scene. Sure. Yeah. So I was like, where's that? Where's that going to play in? Cause obviously the story is not the first story. How that ended is not how she ended up. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. I'm like, no, that can't be right. Because she obviously was in much more. I thought it was going to be like, they got out, but then they woke up back in the hole. Sure. Yeah. It was going to yeah. be like a much bigger game or something like that. That's what I thought too. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I still enjoyed it quite a bit. And like, I don't know what the fuck those movies, <laughs> those movies, those reviewers watched, but those, those performances <laughs> were pretty good. Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they were, um, they, they felt like, they felt genuine, authentic, yeah, yeah, and like the For sure. as much as like the final destination type death that the guy had at the, the ladder, um, and that little detail too. They show you that little bolt at the very beginning when they get in there. Chekhov's bolt. They show and it like three or four times. They show it like <laughs> Chekhov's the, bolt. They show it the once, and then you kind of like forget about it. And every time they go on the ladder, you think it's gonna break each time. Yeah, but then I forgot about it, and then until the very end when he gets back <laughs> on the ladder, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be it. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, it's gonna finally come into play, um, and it did, and in a in like I guess the best fashion. And obviously, she didn't like she didn't kill anybody, but she is responsible for their deaths. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. As kind of aggravating the end is, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I still, uh, I still enjoyed it a lot. Cool. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, uh, piggyback off of you, Joseph. Uh, yeah. Uh, a B for me as well for the 2001's The Hole. Thank you, Joel, for, uh, your hole. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Joel, for your hole. <laughs> uh, take the shoes of that one. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, it was a, like I said before in the, uh, in this episode, it's satisfyingly frustrating. Uh, I think all the performances out of the actors are great. Uh, seeing an underage Kira Knightley's bosoms was now that I know that she was 15. Like, I feel a little weird about that. Um, and I don't understand why they kept that in the movie, knowing her age, mm-hmm. especially they having to, they a, chose to hire her at that age, especially having like a worldwide release too. like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't sit right with me. However, the story is uh, very interesting. Um, I was it was very compelling, and uh, like Joel said, the unreliable narration of the story is what kind of uh, kept me um, in the movie. Uh, yeah, it it just yeah it, it I don't think this is a movie for everyone, um, but if you but if you are into that sort of uh, unreliable narrative sort of movies. Um, this would be right up there with a lot of other great movies. Um, so yeah, so a solid B for me. And so now we go to the Wheel of Destiny. One wheel, eight slots, three hosts. This is the Wheel of Destiny. Okay, so we got uh, Joel's pick is off the wheel now. The hole is no mole. I think that was the last like wheel fan pick, is if I'm not mistaken, right? What? I thought we were only doing like Patreon fan picks now. Joel is a Patreon member. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I totally forgot. Are you okay? No, you I am. Are you here? Yes, I am. I'm sorry. I totally forgot that he was a Patreon member. <clears throat> Okay. This is all new to me still. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, who is next on the list, you might ask, um, of our patrons? Uh, we have um, Javier on the list still. He's got, uh, what is this movie? Is this? Dragon Ball oh, yeah, Super. Dragon Ball. Oh, yeah. Dragon Ball Super Broly. And off the list is Joel and now listener Steven, the maple Ooh. syrup dawn. So who, what does Steven have on our list? Steven. Steven, Steven, Steven. Steven, once upon a time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, and that's it. That's it, I think. Once Unless I'm missing time. something. I don't think I am. Okay, well, we'll put once upon a time for now. Steven, if you want to write in a message and swap that out for something else, that's fine. Um, we are known for making mistakes. <clears throat> yes. We are, after all, three assholes sitting in a bedroom right now recording. <laughs> so, okay. so Moving the hole from the family. Once upon a time. Okay, so we're replacing the fan pick. We do have a new actual, like, a fan pick for the, the general fan pick list, right? Who, mm-hmm. who is that? Um, wait, sorry, say that again? We have a new pick, a write-in on the submission for a fan pick, just for the regular fan pick list. Oh, who, yes. Who is that? Uh, it was... Jason. Jason from Binge, Binge Movies. Movies. <laughs> what, what was it again? Oh, it's uh, Rapa Nui. Rapa Nui? Rapa Nui. Almost like Ratatouille, but Rapa Nui. 
Rapa hmm. Nui. R-A-P-A dash N-U-I. <clears throat> Rapa Nui. Historical action adventure film directed <clears throat> by Kevin Reynolds. Starring yeah. Jason Scott Lee. Sandrine Holt. Esai, Esai Morales. Wow. I've never even heard it. I don't know anything about this. Looks cool. Okay, cool. So that is on the gen- general fan pick list. Uh, we've replaced... Joel's pick with Steven's pick, which is uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. to recap, what else we got on the wheel? We also have Before Sunset from Joseph. Dragon Ball Z Super Broly from Javier. In the Mood for Love from Joseph. Doctor Sleep from Tyler. Gerald's Game from Pete. Boogie Nights from Tyler. And Kubo and the Two Strings from Pete. So, we're going to give this a spin. Mm-hmm. This will be what we watch next week. Joseph, we call it. What do we got? What do we got? Come on. What's it going to be? In the mood for love. In oh, the wonderful. Mood for love. <clears throat> wonderful. Okay, cool. In the mood for love. And the great thing is I'm off punishment, so I we, we can watch my movies finally. That's right. We can. Okay, so what is this? That's right. In the mood for love, directed by Car Wai Wong, or Wong Car Wai, um, is a... Is a, is a Love story of sorts. Um, <laughs> um, that is, I've never seen it, so I don't really know what it's about. Um, it's on HBO Max. Sweet. Oh, perfect. Um, yeah. And uh, Wong Karwai, or Karwai Wong, according to IMDb, mm. um, has uh, directed uh, The Grandmaster, Chunking Express, um, and oh, Chunking Chung is the only thing of his that I've seen, so I'm looking forward to this. Oh People gosh. say it's gorgeous. It's like a beautifully, beautifully made movie. Oh gosh, IMDb has just changed their website now. It works. Oh yeah, it's different now. Uh, he's directed uh, a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like he's a prolific director. He's got a lot under his uh, a lot under his belt here, as far as I'm seeing here. Anyway, yeah. So we'll be watching that. Awesome. Next week. Uh, don't ask me why I picked it. I just have heard about it. It's one of these famous movies. That I want to just put under my belt to have some. All right. It's um, supposed to be really good. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that was a great episode. Yes. So let's... Uh, <laughs> Tyler, grade, grade that episode. Gr- grade the episode? Yeah. How was it? What do you think? I'd uh, give it a uh, A minus. <laughs> wow. What do you mean? Wow. Really rich. I give it an A plus. Just like every one of our last episodes. Uh, <laughs> you good? Yeah, I'm well, good. This episode was the best one yet. It's A plus also, but the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening, classmates. Uh, follow us uh, next week as we gab and we chatter and we watch In the Mood for Love from Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast, and send us an email, podcast at gmail.com and join the Patreon, patreon.com slash class And follow us on Twitter at podcastmcfc and on TikTok at middleclassfilmclass. And please follow us on Instagram at middleclassfilmclass and leave us a voicemail, why don't you, at 209-730-6010. Yeah, you don't have to have a movie on the wheel to leave a voicemail. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Tell us what you th- thought about last episode and why it's not an A+. <laughs> oh, <laughs> See you geez. next week. See ya. See ya. Daniel Brockle Bank?